you chose the wrong parents. This was the almost constant refrain from my parents, but especially my mother when I was in high school and in college. When I would ask for something that someone else had gotten from his or her parents or asked to do something that someone else had been allowed to do by his or her parents, my mom and dad would say to me, well, Patrick, it looks like you chose the wrong parents. And this infuriated me. All I wanted to do was to have that certain thing or to be able to do that certain thing. And yet my mom and dad said that your choice, which wasn't a choice at all. I didn't choose who my parents were. I love my parents dearly, but I did not choose them. You know, that's something, they were a gift to me and I was a gift to them. And so to hold me accountable seems so irrational, so illogical, so capricious. And so I was angry. I was angry because I didn't have the ultimate control and the ultimate choice. And I chose more often than not to live in that. But the reality was what my parents were saying to me, maybe they didn't realize it, but in the truth that is, uh, that comes to the fore in all things that are good, what my parents were really saying to me was this, right? You know the rules. You know what you can and can't do, especially as I got older. And there's a freedom that exists in following those rules and in living in accord with that. You can choose to do that. Beyond that, we're not going to support. But within that, we will lift you up. We will support you. We will help you. But so often in our lives, we choose to get so frustrated by the things that we cannot control, that we don't really have choice over. Look in our world right now. I can almost guarantee you there is no one in this world who would have chosen for a global pandemic to strike down hundreds of thousands of people to, in death. Not only that, but to cripple our, and shut down our economy and lead to long-term economic difficulties and challenges ahead, lead to all sorts of crazy things. No one would have chosen this. No one would have chosen eight plus weeks of quarantine with an uncertain future ahead. No one would have chosen this. And we can get so frustrated and so caught up in its capriciousness or seeming capriciousness and unfairness that we fail to see what we can do within these new strictures, within these new limits, within this new reality. And this type of mindset also applies to our relationship with God, and in particular, our relationship to the church and to the teachings of the church. We can say, well, I really like the teachings of the church with regards to serving the poor and being kind to other people, but I don't really like those teachings on ooh, sexuality or chastity or, or having to do with sobriety or any other hot-button issue that runs afoul of the cultural mores. I want those things, but not those things. And we choose and we make our faith out of the things that we like and that we can choose. And we choose to ignore the things that we don't like. But Jesus today in the gospel tells us, whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. As Catholics, we believe that the Lord not only in his own life and in the revelation that comes from Scripture, and in the church, has revealed himself fully and the commandments to us fully. That there is almost no situation in this life we can approach where we wouldn't know what the will of God is in that particular sense because of what we've received from the church, from God himself. 
And Jesus is saying to each of us today that he wants us not to be the ones who get frustrated by what we can't control, but to choose to love in serving, to choose to love in following the commands, in recognizing that the bounds, that the teachings that he has laid out for us are not impediments, not burdens, but are the means by which we will attain our true freedom and which we will come to love. And it is only through taking on all of it that we are able to love. But worry not, or actually do in a sense worry. Recognize and that this challenge before us is also difficult. Right? When St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 talks about love, it's not easy. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love suffers all things. Love endures all things. That even in loving, it's a challenge. It's a choice. It's a commitment to something greater than ourselves. And because the Lord has given us commandments that oftentimes run up against the cultural uh, zeitgeist, we recognize that to follow the commandments of God in their fullness, all of them, not just one or the other, but to commit ourselves fully to following him, we're never going to win a popularity contest. Think of it this way. I love being a priest, and I am a priest on a college campus, one of the biggest college campuses in the country. I'm not going to be the most popular person on campus because of the commandments and teachings that Jesus has given to me. I recognize that teaching people about the beauty and wonder of our gift of sex and sexuality and the teachings of the church that open up a new world and a new life through the gift of chastity and sobriety and striving after service of the poor and putting the common good as the most important thing. I recognize that those are all difficult teachings that people aren't going to necessarily respond with open hearts and minds to those things. They may even say no or walk away. I recognize in the confessional sometimes it's not easy to challenge people with the teachings of Christ and his church. But I also recognize that the Lord has given us this gift. And the only way for me to love you and for us to love each other is to follow wholeheartedly these commandments given to us by the Lord. But it won't be easy. In fact, probably the greatest gift of love that my mother ever gave to me, and this may be the first time when she listens to this that she's ever known this, because I'm absolutely certain I never went back and thanked her for this, because of how irate I was in the situation. But my senior year of college, here I was thinking that I, I had everything that I could want in the world. I had everything, socially, relationally, academically, life in front of me. Everything was, you know, the world was in the palm of my hand. But I was barely coming up for air. My moral life was falling apart. My faith was weakening. And my mother, because she loves me, saw this. My mother, because she loves me, sat me down over Christmas break and said to me, you know, all those things that you think are giving you happiness aren't. And they won't. And I was irate. How could she judge me? How could she know what I was going through? How could she possibly have any understanding of the relationships of my life and of the decisions I made? These are my decisions. I feel good about them. You're wrong in telling me that these aren't the best for me. And in my relationship with my mom, I can honestly say it's the only time I've ever really been furious and angry at her. But here I am, 12 years later, standing here as a priest, 
because she challenged me in that moment. Because when the pain wore away, when the emotions settled down, I realized that she was speaking a greater truth into my life. That I was seeking something and not finding it in the things of this world. That there was something greater that God was calling me to that I was ignoring because I was putting pleasure ahead of God and ahead of doing the will of the one who sent me and of love. Ultimately, we have the choice to love, to put ourselves in a vulnerable position, to will the good of the other, or to self-aggrandize. We can either love by lowering and lessening ourselves and living like Christ, or we can put ourselves first and live like the world shows us. It's never easy. But when we get it right, when we start to get these things all held together, we go out and we see in the other readings what happens when we follow the commands of the Lord. When we love the Lord properly, we go out to the world joyfully, lovingly, compassionately, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ risen from the dead and the plan that he has for you and for me to be free, to be whole, to be holy. St. Philip went out. Philip the Evangelist in the Gospel, went, or in the Acts of the Apostles, went out to Samaria, a place where he could have been put to death for going or would have you know, caused a riot, and he preached Jesus. And then Peter and John followed after because they wanted to bring the fullness of the church. And then we see in the second reading from St. Peter's letter, first letter, that we should be sharing compassionately, lovingly, with reverence, with wonder, with awe, the good news that Jesus has worked in our life. But if we get so caught up in what we can't control or what we don't choose and stop and, or, and don't stop to actually choose to follow Christ, that message will always be muddled or lost or come from a divided and broken heart. The Lord, however, never sends us forward and never calls us to love without first loving us. He gives us his Holy Spirit so that when we turn to him, it is he who has turned within us first. He is living in you. He is loving in you. He is giving you what you need to make that turn, to make that choice for Christ. He promised it, and he gave it to you in the waters of baptism. And he is calling you to something greater, to something more powerful, but he's going to reveal himself to you, not in the things to which we say no or the things to which we feel like we are, don't have a choice, but in the things to which we choose to say yes. Anytime there is a commandment from God that says no to a certain thing, it's so that we can say a greater yes to something deeper, to something more beautiful, to something more eternal. Friends, today is that day when we can say yes to Jesus, when we can say yes to his commandments, when we can identify those areas in our life where we need to change, where we need to open our hearts, where we need to invite in God himself, the Holy Spirit, to move us, to bring us to new life. You're not going to win popularity contests from it. It's not going to be easy either. But God chose us. As my parents used to say, you chose the wrong parents. And in a sense, that's true. But here's the beautiful part. God the Father, God from all time, chose you, continues to choose you, and will always choose you. Now is that time to choose him.